And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. We're back today, another day of uh, this horrible situation that happened in Uvalde, Texas, being dominated in the news, or dominating the news, I should say. And uh, I know that all of our hearts go out to the families and the uh, just the, the entire community down there that has just got to be rocking and reeling from this. More facts are coming out, and we'll get into those in just a moment. The first thing I want to say, though, is that, as you all know, our Marriage Life Conference is coming up, and uh, that's going to happen on July 7th through 9th. I will be there. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. But we are reopening registration one last time from now until 11.59 p.m. on May the 31st. Uh, because we want to accommodate everybody. We've closed registration. We're reopening it one more time because we can get a few more people in. So take advantage. Come on down and meet all of the personalities from American Family Radio. Uh, most of us, I think, will be there, or um, some of us will be there. Let me put it that way. Let me correct that. I don't know about most of us. Some of us will be there. Those of us who are speaking at the conference will certainly be there. More importantly, we want you to be there because this is such an important issue. That's July 7th through the 9th. It's going to be at the Bank Corp South Arena at 375 East Main Street in Tupelo. And, and by the way, folks, I remind you, this is two conferences in one. It's the Marriage Family Life Conference, which is going to include a youth apologetics track for youth ages 4 through 17. So we're really going to kind of have two conferences in one and it's a very exciting development, an exciting addition to what we've been doing in the past. Now, the cost for adults is $70 per person. For children, it's $35 per child, ages 4 through 17. If you want to have a table, a vendor table there, that's $150 for a booth. And you can register at marriagefamilylife.net. That's marriagefamilylife.net. Just click on the Register Now button. The theme for this conference is Here I Stand. Here I Stand. Look, folks, at the core, marriage and family and, and, and life are all God's gifts to us. And he wants all of us to stand firm in our, our biblical understanding of these vital matters, which are frankly under vicious attack. Marriage is under attack. Family is under attack. And yes, life is under attack with the scourge of abortion that we see. So this is going to be a very, very important conference. And we invite you to come July 7th through the 9th. Uh, you can go to the website, marriagefamilylife.net. Click on register now to register. $70 for each adult, $35 per child. And, of course, we're going to have a youth apologetics track this time, which is a new addition to this effort because we've got to reach our young people. So hope I'll see you there. Now, a number of controversies have arisen uh, as a result of what's happened in Uvalde, Texas. One is over how long the police waited until they moved in. Some are saying that the local police sort of 
hung back and the Border Patrol, kind of the equivalent of their special ops people, came in and immediately stormed the building, broke into the classroom and killed him. Now, in these situations, I always say, let's wait for all the facts to come out. I understand there's going to be a press conference this afternoon to to address these issues, to answer questions that people might have. Uh, I'm very, very reluctant to start condemning the police until we know all of the facts. And besides that, I don't think it's any lack of courage, no matter what happened, any lack of courage on police officers' part. I I think sometimes policies and and programs and protocols that police departments have in effect uh, are either unclear or sometimes they're simply not effective, and they need to make adjustments for those if something like that happened. So we'll see. They, but, the, you know, the, it's being reported that the parents got very frustrated that the police weren't doing anything. And it was Border Patrol that finally came in and took action. So so we'll see what the truth is. And uh, those of you in law enforcement listening to me right now, maybe you have some insights or some thoughts about this and how how this may have proceeded. And since we got a lot of list, uh, listeners in Texas, if you know something about this uh, from some firsthand information that you have, maybe someone who who is what was involved in this in some way, uh, either in law enforcement or as Border Patrol, by all means, call. We'd love to hear from you and get your perspective on what actually happened. Look, let's not lose sight of this, though. The real villain is the perpetrator. The real villain is the the 18-year-old who decided that he was going to try to kill his grandmother and then kill some school children. And in fact, posted that on some, he was using some sort of social media, but he actually posted that. I'm going to shoot my, my grandmother and then I'm going to shoot up a school. So clearly, evil was in this young man's heart and he then went and carried it out. I I will say that there is no question that we have got to think of ways of preventing this kind of carnage. We've just got to do that. And, And for me, the most basic thing is that we've got to end this propaganda. You know, I'm sure you all have heard the president. What a... You know, folks, I I hate to say this about a president of the United States. What a disgusting human being. I mean, really, what a disgusting human being. Politicizing this and turning this into an opportunity for them to once again push, push their hatred for the Second Amendment and gun control. I mean, leave it alone. You know, let's deal with with the evil that's been perpetrated. Um, the president said things like, no, nobody needs an AR-15. No, the only reason for an AR-15 this only, has, only has one purpose, that's to kill people. Well, look, all guns are capable of doing that. I don't think that, that the gun was invented uh, for recreational purposes. I don't know the history that well of firearms, but I mean, the gun was invented as, a, as, a, as an aggressive mechanism for dealing with threats to one's life or, or, or enemies or whatever might come against you, um, animals, people, whatever. Every gun has that potential. Now, he's talking about completely, he wants to outlaw AR-15s. That is the most popular rifle in America. He wants to outlaw it. That's quite clear. And he said that anybody who buys an AR-15 is sick. 
I mean, this here again, the, the, what, a, what a just a disgusting human being. I have friends who own multiple AR-15s. I own one. I'd love, love to get one or two more. And it wasn't, what, oh, maybe two weeks ago that I was out shooting my AR. And I just really enjoyed myself. Just, just target practice. Just really enjoyed it. Just, just a lot of fun. I didn't buy the AR to kill people with. I mean, obviously it can serve as that serve that purpose, but for those of us who enjoy firearms, is it's a recreational tool. That's all. But oh no 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 not with this president. You're sick. I mean, get that you are sick if you own an AR-15. You are sick. You know that this is just. It is beyond the pale. Now it does raise does raise some questions about this young man uh, because AR-15s are not inexpensive. So at 18 years old, how in the world does he have the money to buy two AR-15s? We'll be back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Earlier this month, Netflix posted a memo to its employees that suggests that some companies are pushing back against progressive culture warriors within their organization. The memo explained that if you find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you. Charles Cook responded with a comment there. That wasn't so hard, was it? Of course, it shouldn't be that hard. As he observes, if you don't like soft drinks, it should be perfectly obvious that a job at Coca-Cola is not ideal. If you don't like cattle, it should be clear that ranch life isn't for you. And if you don't like people saying things with which you disagree, then you shouldn't work at one of the world's largest streaming services. Carol Markowitz says that the Netflix memo and other reactions within the corporate world illustrate that Americans have had enough of woke speech policing. She explains that the Netflix memo made news because it's now seen as bold to stand up for free speech and open discourse, it seems so novel letting viewers and not a 23-year-old gender studies major in their first job pick what to watch. The temptation to censor comes easily for the digital generation. If they saw a comment from one of their Facebook friends they didn't like, they would merely unfriend that person. If they received a text message they thought was offensive from someone, they could block that person. This digital generation grew up being protected from speech they didn't like, and they exercised great control over what information came to them through their smartphones and computers. Therefore, it's not surprising that Netflix employees protested David Chappelle's stand-up comedy special last year. That is why the Netflix memo was long overdue. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted, and they are suffering big time right now. This is Bible League International, and 19-year-old Aria was beaten by her own father and violated by local authorities. You know what her crime was? Simply that she gave her life to Jesus Christ after leaving radical Islam. Now, she didn't grow bitter. She grew bold, and with others in her evangelical church near Cairo, Egypt, they've seen more than 300 come to Christ, but as new believers are pressured to renounce Jesus, they need Bibles in order to endure and persevere. And elsewhere in the Middle East, Pastor Yusuf 
and a deacon in his church were kidnapped in broad daylight. His family was unable to pay the ransom, so the Islamic radicals, they beat Youssef and killed the deacon. But you know, in spite of this mistreatment and the loss of his friend, Pastor Youssef says it is an honor to suffer for Jesus. And that's why we're sending God's Word at $5 a Bible, $100 sins 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. God bless you for caring. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I don't think that I have ever seen an AR in a gun store that costs less than about 750 bucks. Now, maybe there are some cheaper ones, but I think, and, and by the way, this goes back, oh my goodness, uh, I've owned my AR for several years now for oh my, probably six or seven or eight years. And I think mine cost me somewhere around eight or nine hundred bucks. They're not cheap. So where does an 18-year-old get the money to buy two AR-15s? It does make you wonder, doesn't it? What, what is going on here? We know that he had some, some here again, homicidal ideation. He posted that just before going out and taking these actions into his hands. We also know that a good ways before this, he actually cut his own face up and told a friend that he cut his face up with a knife, put, put slash marks in his face, and he told his friend that he did this because it was fun. So clearly, this kid had some mental issues. So... Maybe his grandmother wasn't in a position to to raise these kinds of questions. Uh, were there no adults around to say something's wrong with this kid? Let me figure out what's going on with him, what what he's doing. Uh, he's able to go out and uh, and buy two AR-15s. Where in the world is the money coming from for him to do that? I mean, it's got to be about fifteen hundred bucks, depending on which which brand, which model he bought. I mean, it, those those things can they can run up to three thousand bucks. I doubt that he bought uh, one that expensive, but those things can become very very expensive when you're getting a really high level AR-15. So there are a lot of unanswered questions here um, that don't have anything to do with quote unquote gun control. Uh, they have to do with dealing with people who are demonstrating showing signs of a desire to hurt other people, A, and B, they really have to do with, with the, the complete unwillingness to address the spiritual vacuum that has been created for the devil by trying to kick God out and kick faith out and kick the Bible out and, and just keep all of that completely out of the public square. You can talk about homosexuality. You can talk about transgenderism. You can talk about aborting babies. You can talk about every other vile thing imaginable, but don't bring up God. Don't bring up faith. Don't bring up Jesus. Don't bring up the Bible. Don't bring up the Ten Commandments. That offends people. We have charged the atmosphere, frankly, when I say we, not you and me personally, but, but our cultural institutions have charged the atmosphere with evil. And you reap what you sow. I mean, that is axiomatic. You, you, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. 
That means whatever a human being of any gender, whatever a society, whatever a community, whatever a family sows, that's what you're going to reap. And right now we have people in our country who are shedding the blood of innocent unborn babies to the tune of 1.2 million every single year. We've got prosecutors who are turning out violent criminals to go out and commit more murder and more mayhem on the, on the basis that it's social justice. We are, we are sowing, as, the, as Isaiah chapter, I think eight is, it is, it says, we are sowing the wind and we are reaping the whirlwind. No wonder the word of God says when the wicked rule, the people mourn, because that's exactly what's happening. This stuff is wicked. And, and Barack Obama with his silly self. Yeah, and he is silly. He's a silly man. How in the world we ever elected this man president twice is, is beyond me. It really is. Remember, this is the man who said, I don't want my, if my daughters get pregnant, I don't want them punished with a baby. Now, that's a silly man. Because that's just stupid, punished with a baby. But he likened the Uvalde uh, massacre to, to George Floyd's death. I mean, you've got to be a complete idiot to see any relationship between the two. But apparently in the twisted concoctions of his own leftist mind, he can, he can manage to do that. George Floyd's death was unjust and wrong in my view. And his treatment was unjust and wrong. But George Floyd was, was passing counterfeit money. George Floyd was high on methamphetamines and, and, and fentanyl. And George Floyd was uncooperative. And he put himself in the hands of law enforcement. And he got a bad cop in that particular instance with very poor judgment. And, and, and at the very least, it contributed to that man's death. And that's terrible. It really is. But these children are completely innocent. They've done nothing wrong to anybody. And you got some crazed man who didn't know them from anyone who goes in and just decides he's going to take their lives because like he took the life, tried to take the life of his grandmother. I think once again, I think she's still alive, but like he tried to take her life. How can you relate the two of these? You gotta be a complete idiot to do that. And you know what? That's probably giving people too much credit. That's giving him too much credit. Because to me, you got to be evil to do that. Because there's no relationship between the two. The man who committed that uh, that that atrocious treatment of George Floyd is in jail, and and the whole country agreed that this this was wrong. I mean, there's pretty much consensus in the country that this was wrong. That 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 that's not the way it should have been handled. And you're gonna take a law enforcement situation. And, and apply a mass murder to that? Or analogize a mass, you know. Well, look, I don't want to, to fail to do this today because we want to acknowledge uh, these people who have lost their lives. And I want to make a point after I've done this. Alexandria Anaya Rubio, 10 years old. Alethea Ramirez, 10 years old. Mary Jo Garza, 10 years old. Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez, 10 years old. Ileana Cruz Torres, 10 years old. Ileana Eli Garcia, 10, 9 years old. 
Eva Mireles, a teacher, 44. Irma Garcia, apparently an assistant teacher, no, no age given. Jackie Cesares, 10 years old. Jaila Nicole Silguero, 10 years old. Jace Livanos, 10 years old. Jose Flores, 10 years old. Leila Salazar, 10 years old. McKenna Lee Elrod, 10 years old. Meta Rodriguez, no age given. Miranda Mathis, 10 years old. Nevea Bravo, no age given. Rogelio Torres, 10 years old. Tess Maria Mata, no age given. Uzziah Garcia, 8 years old. Xavier Lopez, 10 years old. We remember these innocent children whose lives have been taken so horrifically and their two teachers. I want to pose this question because no one has raised it and it needs to be raised, so I'm going to raise it here. If you notice, all of the names I just ran through are Hispanic. If America is such a racist country, if America is so systemically racist, if America doesn't care about the lives of brown and black people, if all of that is true, why is it that we've seen people of all backgrounds weep over the loss of these children and the loss of these innocent people? Why is it that we, we have a, an entire country in mourning over this? Why is it that so many people have offered their prayers? Why is it that no one has said, well, we don't really care because these are Hispanics, these are brown people, whatever, however they want to designate them. And I'll tell you why. Because Americans don't care about the color of people's skin and they don't care that they have Hispanic surnames. They don't care. They are fellow human beings and these are innocent children and we don't want them harmed. And the, their, their background is irrelevant. In my view, this is just more testament to what I already know. This idea of systemic racism and all white people are this and that and the other. And they're all racist and the country's racist and it's structural racism and microaggression. All of that is a bunch of hokum that the left has conjured up for one reason and one reason only to keep themselves in power. That's all. Which is why in a situation like this, they see the whole country in mourning. They can't really fault America except to say, you love your guns too much. You got to get rid of those guns. In fact, Whoopi Goldberg said, okay, you don't want us to have abortions. Then we don't want you to have guns. Just get ready because we're coming for them. Yeah, she actually said that. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't advise it, Whoopi. But that aside, <laughs> uh, America is, is, is a caring, compassionate, decent nation. And in circumstances like this, you see just how decent and compassionate and caring we are. Is it just, this just hit me just this morning and thinking about this. Well, wait, 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 wait. We're, we're, we're so racist. We're not supposed to care. After all, if you're anti-illegal immigration, it's because you, you don't like Hispanic people. You're, you're anti-Hispanic. But these children in the city of Uvalde, which is apparently overwhelmingly Hispanic, have the, get the same amount of compassion 
and, and care and love as any child from any background would because we're a nation that really has already transcended these issues, but the left just doesn't want to let it go because they think it benefits them and helps advance their agenda. Yeah, well, their agenda is dying. We're gonna cast it on the dung heap of history. Stand by. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Robert E. Lee was a Southern general during the war between the states. Most of us know that from the history books which we have read. But often the history books fail to tell us much about the personal lives of famous people. Years after the war had ended, Robert E. Lee was sitting on his porch one day in his rocking chair. The years had taken their toll on him, and his health was fast failing. While there on the porch, he was approached by two men who came from the Louisiana Lottery. They came to make him a proposition. Their proposition would have made Lee a rich man. He listened carefully as they laid out their plans, but he found it hard to believe what he heard. So... Lee asked the men to repeat their offer again, thinking perhaps he had not understood their offer. Again, they made their pitch. The men didn't want Lee to invest any money. All they wanted was the use of his name for promotional purposes to use in their lottery. And just for the use of his name, they promised to make him rich. Lee stood up, rising slowly. He balanced himself on his crutches. He stood erect, looked the men in the eye, and with the courage and conviction that made him great, he spoke some hot-tempered words. Gentlemen, he said, I lost my home in the war. I lost my fortune in the war. I lost everything I had in the war except my name. My name is not for sale. And if you don't get out of here at once, I will hit you in the head with my crutch. Mm. Anger. We have tended to associate it with wrong. We have forgotten that there is such a thing as righteous indignation. Holy anger. Most folks think that when you get angry, it's the devil which causes you to do so. I would guess that most of the time it is the devil which causes you to get angry. But often anger is the evidence of the love of God in one's heart. The carpenter went into the temple courtyard one day, saw what had happened there, saw how something intended for good had been turned into something evil, and he became very angry because of it. His holy anger, righteous indignation, caused him to turn over the tables of the money changers and then gave him the courage to run some folks out of the temple. What many folks call tolerance, others call cowardice. Often when no anger boils up within us at the sight of wrong, it is simply because we've gotten to the place where we don't care. Wrong wouldn't stand much of a chance in our world if we could muster enough of this holy anger this righteous indignation. Too often we've been told that what we should do is rid ourselves of anger. What we need to learn to do is not to rid ourselves of anger, but to harness this God-given emotion, to channel it 
for good purposes. You see, sometimes the tables need to be turned over. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. You know, I have to admit to all of you that for the President of the United States to actually liken me to this monster which went and killed these 19 children because I own an AR-15, it really does make me angry, folks. It really does. It really does. You know, I don't know whether to be angry for that level of stupidity or that level of demagoguery, but it really does make me angry. Because as far as I'm concerned, that 18-year-old right now is exactly where he needs to be in hell. He got exactly what he deserved. I have no sympathy for him whatsoever. But I have much sympathy and compassion for those children, and I would never be a part of anything that would hurt children like that, or for that matter, hurt anybody unless I was acting in self-defense. And for the president to liken me and those of you who are listening to me right now who may own AR-15s, to liken us to that monster, man, I, I, I tell you, that, yeah, that, that definitely gets on the wrong side of me, folks. It really does. And the fact that we have a person sitting in the office of the presidency of the United States who thinks like that is galling. It, it really is. It is just galling. Oh, by the way, he knows firearms because he says, you know, get a shotgun, fire a couple shotgun shots, you know, and that'll scare away. I mean, what? what? Lord, have, I don't mean to. Folks, I'm really not trying to engage in ad, ad hominems against this man, but what a complete idiot. My goodness. When he first said that, somebody pointed out, that's illegal, dum-dum. Oh, Lord help us. Because what goes up must come down. But at any rate, um, look, the number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Take your calls and comments on, on any of this unfolding tragedy as well as the as the, the the demagoguery that now seems to follow it. I'm sure you saw how Beta O'Rourke actually crashed the press conference of the governor and made a fool of himself screaming and yelling and, you know, it's your fault and this I mean they had to escort him out. I mean what here again. But you know, folks, I I, I, I will continue to take solace in this. Yeah, yeah, just keep being crazy or just keep showing Americans that's how crazy you are. Because the crazier you are, the more Americans wake up to the fact that, you know, these people, they can't be any allowed anywhere near the levers of power. They can't be allowed near the levers of power because they they're all about themselves and their their own agenda, not about the American people and not about our country. They're about themselves and their own power and their own self-aggrandizement. That's it. And I, I'm believing God for a tsunami that will sweep them out of office and put people in there who love God, love our country, love you and me, actually care about the American people and want what is best for us. You know, people like George Washington, you know, who could have grasped power for himself, but instead refused it. 
And when the time came that they wanted to make him a king, said, no, you, you don't understand what I've been fighting for. And when they wanted him to serve a third term, he said, no, I want to go back to Mount Vernon and stick my hands in the dirt. He didn't need power to, over other people to make himself somebody. His identity was in God and in Christ Jesus. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's, let's go ahead and start taking your calls. Let's go to Mark in Texas. Mark, welcome. Hello. How are you doing? Great, Mark. How are you? Great. God bless you. And gosh, God bless and look over the families of what they have to go yeah. through. Um, it's just unbelievable. Uh, my only one comment is, uh, and there's millions, but I just have to say that um, Mr. O'Rourke busting into Governor Abbott's press conference yesterday, I, in my humble opinion, do not think that's a publicity or a political political stunt, but rather a planned event. Um, uh, and I think this whole thing was in some way planned. If we follow the money, you know, we, we, we really need to stop Soros Act like Hungary. And nobody wants to hear that, but, and it's taboo to say it, but uh, it, it's serious. And uh, I'll leave it at that. This is well. really deeply rooted beyond what we can imagine. And if you, uh, one more thing, the stats on the mass shootings uh, under Barack Obama, their orders of magnitude higher than all the other presidents, like in the 50s. Others uh, hmm. did like four, five, and six. So something is uh, right. something's rotten in Denmark. And thank you. Um, thank you for thank all you. you do. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the call. You, you got that right, brother. Shakespeare had it right. Something is rotten in Denmark. There is no question about that. Let's go to Daryl in Arkansas. Daryl, welcome. Hey, brother Jackson. How you doing? I am blessed, Brother Darrell. How you doing? I'm great. I am a retired corpsman. Okay. Thank you for your service. That, you, does that make sense to you? We're brothers you said, in arms. Amen. Amen. All right. So the, the thing about the shotgun, what people don't realize is one pull of a shotgun with a shotgun pellet in the sh uh, shot shell in the in the gun would cause ten times more damage than one bullet out of a rifle. Yeah, you doubt you know that I know that, but the guy sitting in the White House apparently doesn't know any of that and could care less. Hey, call the shotgun the first assault rifle. Well, and it, it, we, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, sir. Yeah, because look, any weapon is anything that can be used as a weapon is an assault weapon because if you're using it as a weapon, as a weapon, that's what you do with it. You assault. So this idea, we've got to get rid of assault weapons. I mean, it, here again, these people are just, they're, they're loony. Daryl, thank you so much for the call. And again, thank you for your service. Uh, let's go to Debbie in Kansas. Debbie, welcome. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to comment that how much bullying contributes to these school shooters. And as someone that was bullied mercilessly in school, I have to say that it was the Christians who stood up for me when I got wow. to high school that made all the difference. Our head cheerleader, a girl came over to start to pick on me one day, and she stopped her 
and says, we don't do that in this school. And wow. it was Christians who befriended me and got me in the Bible study and became my friends. And that was probably one of the reasons my high school was pleasant compared to what was going on previously. So I just wanted to Amen. say Christians stepping up make a huge difference to these people who are being bullied. And I, at the way things are going, you almost have to homeschool now. But if, you ca- if your kids are in school, really encourage them to stand. And I don't want to, you know, boys and girls, but if you've got females, stand up for those girls who are being picked on. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Be, be salt and light. And if I have Amen. time to add something else, uh, our pastor Quickly. of our, uh, we had a pastor at our, we had a church school. And he got on those kids and told them, not to make fun of other kids. And while he was our pastor, that group of high school, of grade school kids are the happiest bunch of kids you've ever seen. Amen, Debbie. Difference. Thank you. Thank thank you so much for the call, Debbie. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you, folks. I, I come from a different era. Uh, not that I'm that old, but you know, we were taught, and and I'm not sure how girls handle it, but. And I'm sure you, you guys my age know what I'm talking about. We were taught, you know, the, the best way to deal with a bully, punch him in the nose. <laughs> He'll leave you alone after that. And my father used to say to me, look, even if you don't win that fight, I guarantee you, you give him a run for his money, he doesn't want to come back for more. And, you know, it, the, these things got resolved. It was just continued to considered to be part of growing up. Now, Debbie, I would say your experience is much better than that. Your experience of having Christians step up and say, hey, you know, we don't do that. We don't treat people that way is much better. But I'll tell you what, what I was taught worked. I got a couple bullies off my back. We were trying to start that mess and it didn't last long. Um, so, and by the way, I tried to bully a kid one time and, and he turned the tables on me. That didn't last long either. So, so but you're right. You're right. Uh, we've got to stop the abuse of children in school. Back in a moment. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. When this mom ended a bad relationship, she found out she was pregnant. After the father told her to get an abortion, Julia was confused and didn't know what to do or who to talk to. I just knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Julia was referred to a preborn center where she was counseled and supported with the strength she needed to choose life. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Because of them, he's here. 
We're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay. Preborn centers provide hope, love, free ultrasounds, and the gospel in action to moms like Julia. To find out more about the ministry of Preborn, visit them online at preborn.com. Again, that's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Your love can save a life. God has showed up for me along this journey in some pretty miraculous ways. This is Focus on the Family Minute with Rita Schulte. But I believe with every fiber of my being that each one of those pivotal times has created a shift for me and has created a deeper trust and a deeper confidence in God Mm. that no matter where He has me, I'm right where He wants me to be. That's just a really good place for me right now to be. And that doesn't mean I'm never going to have a bad day, that um, I'm going to be sick and tired of being brave, uh, I'm not going to feel like I'm falling backward, but what I am going to do is keep my focus on Jesus. Mm. I'm going to keep my focus on what He's called me to do. Hear more from Rita at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. The number is 888-589-8840. Let's come right back to your calls. Let's go to uh, Mary in Texas. Mary, welcome. Thank you for taking my call today. Um, I call it headline title, We're Fine Stand. Ask the Republicans, aren't they ashamed of themselves? They stand, you know, for gun ownership. Um, I wanted to say to those against, you know, the Second Amendments, against gun ownership, going after gun manufacturers, I want to say to them, what about all the abortions? That is murder. Mm-hmm. Where is the shame they murdered over? Last I heard, over 21,000 people with that COVID shot. They disabled over 800,000 people. The first three months on the COVID shot, the drug companies knew that 1,200 people died. Yet, they went for two years vaccinating people, killing people, disabling them. And I don't understand where the pushback is. There is... I remember our military was going through 22 suicides a day. Where was the oversight to check into the what was happening to them? Murder has been going on year after yeah. year after year. And as far as go, going after gun manufacturers, go after Hollywood. Go after our violent videos. Go after the music uh. industry. They bought millions money for making violent movies, music, videos. And if Very good. Guns- Very good, Mary. Thank you for the call. Um, did this violent gangster rap that's been with us for, what, 25 years now? Uh, about killing people, killing police, using the N-word repeatedly, all of this crazy stuff. And you're right. They don't ever bring that up, do they? Oh, no, 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 no. It's just the law-abiding citizen possessing firearms that is a problem, but law-abiding citizens aren't going out killing people and committing mass murder. 
So, but they want to punish us because they want absolute government control over us and getting guns out of our hands is an important step in that direction. I believe, folks, that that's really what this boils down to. Okay, let's go to David in Louisiana. David, welcome. Uh, hi, Bishop Jackson. Um, I want to say uh, I uh, I love you, brother, and uh, I admire your Thank courage. You. I uh, I wanted to uh, make a, a comment on uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, the Cardinal out in California who's denying her communion mm-hmm. uh, over abortion and stuff. And uh, I just thinking it's uh, it's wow, man. This is a life lesson for us all, you know. Eighty year old something, you know, leader of our most powerful branch of government, you know. I um uh, I wanted to uh, you can go straight to the Word of God, you know. And, and I was looking First Corinthians uh, five nine to thirteen, you know, and uh, Paul's uh, writing a letter to the uh, Corinthians, you know, and uh, he says, "Don't associate with immoral people," and uh, you know, he's not yep. saying uh, godless people. He said the immorals are those that proclaim God, but mm, they uh, they're turncoats. So. Um, <laughs> You know, and he says, remove them from among you, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it, David. We, we, we've got so many people on the lines, but, but we, we get the point. In fact, the word of God says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather expose them. And that's exactly what he's doing. It's consistent with the word of God. The world may not like it or understand it, but it's 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 what has to be done when people are openly and defiantly telling you that the word of God is a lie and they want people to follow them into that lie, uh, into their lies. The word of God, don't follow the word of God, follow me. Yeah, uh, that's the blind leading the blind right into the ditch. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Carl, also in Texas. Carl, welcome. Yes, sir. I'll try to be quick. First thing I want to do is thank you for honoring the children's names and the grown-ups that, that got killed. And um, I enjoyed what you said on the DVD about the enemy within the church. I'll get back on to something else right quick. Your shotgun, and you know, a shotgun loaded with double-out buck, and they say just keep the shotgun in there, is one of the most devastating guns known to man. I'm glad yes. he didn't have two of those with 10 round clips loaded with double out. Could have been worse, sir. Oh, my goodness. Carl, again, thank you. But like I said, you know, it's, it's better to um, keep silent, uh, as this, there's that old saying better to be thought a fool and keep silent and open your mouth and remove all doubt. And every time he opens his mouth, he removes all doubt because you're right. I mean, a shotgun is a devastating weapon. And by the way, it's completely indiscriminate. Whatever, when you fire that, that thing in a direction, it fans out and anybody within the trajectory of that weapon is going, is going to get hit and going to get hurt. I mean, so the man just doesn't, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. But thank you for the call, Carl. Let's see. Let's. You've been waiting very patiently, Len, in North Carolina. Welcome. Yes, sir. I, I want to say first, I pray for the families and the kids in Texas. But the comment was made yesterday. Uh, you know, we mourn those children's uh, the loss of their lives, 
But if that had been they had been aborted ten years ago, that we would have that women would have celebrated it, not me, but women would have celebrated mm. those deaths. And the point was made yesterday on AFA. You know, we, we what's wrong with us that we can do that? That we can look at those children that died and mourn, but we can't look ten years earlier and think of the travesty that they were could have been aborted and been celebrated. And it's just it just it appalls me that we we I know we're at that point because just look around you. Um, but I'll get off. But the only other comment I want to make is. What do you reckon President Biden is being guarded by with the men that are guarding him? Uh, they don't have yeah. pop guns guarding him. So I'll get off and let yeah. you Yeah, Len, thank you so much for the call, Len. And what can I say? Game, set, match. I mean, exactly, exactly. You know, tell the Secret Service and tell all your bodyguards that they need to put those weapons down because those weapons are made to kill people. I mean, right. 888-589-8840 is the number. We've got uh, time to get a couple more extra calls in. I think we've got a couple lines open, but let's keep going here uh, to Melvin in Texas. Melvin, welcome. Uh, nice to talk to you, Bishop. First time caller. Um, well, great. Uh, Thank you. Sad, Thanks sad, for calling. It, yes, sir. Well, I wanted to bring attention to uh, to the listeners that may be listening from my area that there was actually a school shooting planned for today at Grapeland, Texas. And I, I called the sheriff's department last night. They confirmed it. Mm-hmm. And then they said that they, he, but he was, he had just come on duty that he didn't know what was going on, that he had been off for a few days that I'd had to call back the next day. So I called this morning to the, to the superintendent's office, talked to the superintendent. And he also confirmed that there had been rumor of a shooting and that had been investigated for two weeks. And and he said, if I needed any more information, I needed to call the chief of police. So I called the chief of police. He also confirmed, but neither one of them wanted to. I asked him, I said, well, why wasn't the parents notified about this so we could have kept our kids home? When my daughter told me about it last night, and I called the sheriff's department last night, to get the information, I, I kept my kids home. I mean, they only had two two days left of school, but she wanted to go to spend the last two days with her friends before summer vacation, but I kept them home. I said, no. Uh, yeah. And actually, she wanted to stay home after all this come out. So I got the confirmation from the chief of police and the superintendent that, yes, something was going on, but no, no, the teacher, no, there wasn't nothing done, been done about it. The child was not arrested. She was wow. still in school yesterday. I mean, uh, okay. All right, Melvin. Melvin, I've got, I've got it. I'm, I'm short on time, but I, I get your point. I thought you were referring to the issue that had made the news where they had arrested one of the plotters. Uh, so this is something else. But here again, folks, what is going on in our culture that our children uh, get so frustrated, angry that they think they've got to go kill people in order to deal with whatever problems they think they're facing. How did, how do we come to that point? We've always had guns. Guns have always been part of American culture. I mean, I hear guys talk about they would go to gun, they would go to school with a, with a, with a gun on the rack on the back of their truck and it was no big deal. Nobody was killing anybody. So something's clearly happened. It's not the guns that are creating the problem. It's, it's the hearts of the people that are creating the problem. And I really believe that the left is contributing greatly to that by trying to sanitize our culture of God and his word. 
Let's go to Robert in North Carolina. Robert, welcome. Hey, Bishop Simplify. Simplify, brother. I just, I just want to say um, our teachers should be one of the most elite fighting forces in America. I believe that our tax dollars or some of our tax dollars should go to the uh, uh, tactical firearms training for teachers over the summer break. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't put, we don't have enough cops in the country to fill up, to put it, to, to put enough people in the schools to keep those children safe. There was a police officer there armed. He was shot and wounded and was on and incapacitated. One guy, you know, if, yep. if, 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 27 teachers are armed and trained, they're saving lives. They're just saving lives. Robert, you know, I, I listen. Also- I, now, go ahead. One, one other quick thing. Okay, I think I lost oh, you, Rob. Yeah, I thought you were talking. I thought you you were going to say. No, go ahead. One, go ahead. Get get one, get one other quick thing in because I'm almost done for for the day. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just think, like I said before, I think that our teachers should be the most elite fighting force in America. Our children. All right, Robert. We got it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call, Robert. And look, I I agree with you. I think you you don't necessarily need to make it mandatory, but I think the call ought to be put out. Any teacher who would like to be trained in firearm, in self-defense, in firearm training, self-defense, uh, in, in just in case anything were ever to happen in your classroom or happen in the school, um, you, we, we will offer you that training and you will be authorized to come into the school with a, with a loaded firearm, ready to do business if that becomes necessary. Hey, folks, it's, it's really just common sense. It, it's not rocket science. That's going to do it for today. God bless you. Be praying for those folks in Uvalde, Texas. In the meantime, remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.